Welcome, friends, people for peace, pods of consciousness, planetary citizens, wherever you happen to be today, listening to Glocal News in Social Artistry. I'm your host, Dick Dalton, and each week uh, we get to talk to someone who's building a more humane world from the inside out. And my guest this week is a friend that I've known for 20 years now, uh, Elizabeth Austin out in Ashland, Oregon. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Dick. How are you? <laughs> Great. Folks, we're Zooming, so if it sounds like we're seeing each other, we are. But uh, you're listening to the audio of, of our recording uh, that was recently made. So thank you for being with us today. Uh, Folks listening to KOPN.org here on uh, Columbia's community radio station, 89.5 FM. We are very happy that we're about 50 years old here at KOPN, celebrating next year. And uh, all, all that we do is to uh, bring you the best of uh, diverse talk and music of the world. And I think today's uh, conversation will exemplify diverse talk. One of the uh, ways that Elizabeth introduces herself is as the founder and uh, what, what director of the Dramanon Project. I'm going to spell that D-R-O-M-E-N-O-N. Dramanon. D-R-O-M-E-N-O-N. Hey, I did it right. I wasn't even looking. <laughs> the Dramanon Project. And uh, a lot of what we talk about today will explore what it is and why it is and how it came about and the history of it. And uh, actually, uh, Elizabeth, you'll be pleased to know that the labyrinth, uh, as the Dramanon Project is focused around, uh, there are several in Columbia, Missouri that uh, people can go out in certain parks and uh, they're available. So uh, it is a thing that uh, our, our world has come to know and uh, part of your story is gonna tell us why and how that happened. Uh, Elizabeth's also a, a certified, uh, what'd you call it, co? Certified professional co-active co life coach, yeah. Co-active. Co-active, it means the coach and the and the client are actively involved in the process. It's not a give one way, it's a two-way street. Excellent, excellent. All right. Well, Elizabeth, we met at Mystery School <laughs> in Ashland, Oregon. Well, actually, probably up the road uh, a bit. Uh, at that time, they were being done in Wilsonville, I think. Exactly. And, uh, but you had started already with Gene Houston in, in Mystery School uh, several years before that, and even 10 or so years maybe before that, you had wind of Gene Houston. Can you kind of lay the groundwork for uh, how you, a Memphis uh, entrepreneur, were you? Were you kind of an entrepreneur? Kind of, yes. And, yeah, and, but it's a story I like to tell. So, yes, well, I'd be happy to talk Well, I, I'm just going to sit back and in my easy chair here and listen to this story uh, from Elizabeth Austin, who's now in Ashland, Oregon, but uh, had great roots. And uh, here they are. 
Thank you, Dick. Feel free to jump in anytime. <laughs> All right. So, yes, I was living in Memphis when I connected with Gene. And at the time, I was actually the president of the River School, which was a, it is still a maritime, a school, a maritime school for riverboat personnel. You don't really get that unless you live on the Mississippi River or one of the large rivers of the country that actually have traffic flowing, taking products from one place to another. And the Mississippi River, of course, flows right past Memphis and is a major artery for towboat traffic. The River School catered to um, riverboat captains and tankermen and engineers who needed to upgrade their licenses or to obtain a license. And uh, my husband and I started that school in 1972. So around 1981, I was uh, feeling change in the air. And uh, as it evolved, I, um, I asked for help, divine help, if you will, and received it in interesting ways. One of the first things that made a difference in my life was for some reason, I happened to hear about a lecture being given by an Englishman all the way from London, all the way to Memphis, Tennessee, to talk about sacred geometry, which was a new term for me in 1981. And some friends and I went, and I was really, really captured by one particular image of a labyrinth, actually the Chartres labyrinth, the one that's in the floor of the cathedral at Chartres in France. And it just captured me for some reason. And I never forgot it. So years later, when I actually uh, saw another one in a, in a big uh, life size on another floor in the sports arena at Greenkill YMCA Center in New York, <laughs> which is a big leap, it happened to be at Gene Houston's Mystery School. And um, it was part of the ritual event that we did each each meeting, uh, which is nine times a year. So I had that experience and then it just sort of infiltrated my life through the years in different ways. It is a remarkable pattern and I've done some study of it. it the first traces as far as is known of when the first people either traced it or carved it or drew it goes back at least to, I think it's 2000 years BCE, okay? That's a long time ago. And it was just little marks. And that has grown and refined and become this really precise, really um, precision kind of pattern that's now in the cathedral at Chartres and many other cathedrals in France because it was used, it was put in stone in the floor and it was used for things we don't really know yet. Uh, we, we don't have any way of knowing because it hasn't been recorded, but it is as assumed and legend is that at least in some occasions during the time that they were constructed around, I think the one in, in uh, Chartres was completed around 1220 in common era that was during the time of the Crusades and a lot of uh, violence and difficulties in Europe. 
people were were dedicated to go to Jerusalem anyway, but it was a difficult journey. And one thing that I guess the higher ups in the churches proclaimed, if you can't make it to make the pilgrimage to Jerusalem because of the danger, you can do the same thing, have the same benefits by using the labyrinth. Hmm. And they might have had to walk it on their knees and do it several times because the entire length is maybe a mile or two, but it's not its not a great long length, even if you do the whole thing. So uh, that was something you could do instead. I thought that was rather interesting itself. Uh, and that, that particular labyrinth is the one that is the Dramanon. Uh, Gene Houston uh, read a book around 1960-something. Gerald Hurd, it was a story, rather. Gerald Hurd, the playwright and author, wrote a story, a short story called Dramanon, mm-hmm. which is from the Greek. And it is a word that means path or road. Mm-hmm. So... Um, he wrote this story, which is a really interesting and mysterious story. And of course, that would capture Jean, as you know. And then she happened to go to that cathedral in Chartres with her mother and a Jewish, uh, not Jewish priest, a Jesuit priest. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had quite an experience there, a really dramatic spiritual experience. And when that happened, Jean said, well, I knew there was something about this design that was important. So she took the pattern of the labyrinth. She called it Dramanon because that was the pattern that Gerald Hurd wrote about in his story. And when she was teaching all over the world, as you know, she taught in every every civilization we can think of. And she would include walking the labyrinth, which she called the Dramanon, as part of the process. So she planted labyrinths, Dramanons, around the world. Then the other, the later piece in 1991, it so happened that Lauren Artris, who was a an Episcopal priest and uh, headed for the cathedral in San Francisco, stopped off to do a mystery school in New York. And that winter uh, night, she was introduced to the labyrinth on the floor at the sports arena that I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. And I happened to be there at that time, and it was quite dramatic. I I saw her uh, response to that dramanon on the floor, that labyrinth, and she immediately recognized that this may be her life work from this point forward. Wow. And sure enough, it has been. Mm It was just very quickly that, uh, you know, that session was over. A few months later, I got a thing in the mail from her at the cathedral in San Francisco that she was having a Dramanon event, a labyrinth event. So she took it and ran with it. And she is the one who has really expanded the growth of the use of the labyrinth as a meditation tool, a personal growth uh, tool, and has taken it out really big time public so and you're referring to grace cathedral in san grace francisco cathedral yes in uh-huh. san francisco right. yes thank right. you thank mm-hmm. you yeah sure. exactly so that's a piece and then just to kind of connect with the mystery school connection uh when the pandemic started 
it changed life and on the planet as we know it of course and lots of things have evolved as a result not not restricted to learning about zoom <laughs> which we all have yes also there's been a lot of creative uh, creations, just creative thought that's happened. And one of them, it's interesting that another mystery school student, Chris Katzenmeyer, about the same time as I did, had the idea that this pattern, this stromanon, this labyrinth has power that hasn't been accessed yet. And she started the big connection or the legacy labyrinth project about she began working on it about the time I began working on my drama non project. Mm -hmm. And it has to do with <clears throat> groups of people walking the labyrinth together in a community with powerful intention and figuring out what can, how does that work? What can it be? Uh, how can it be accessed for transformation? And um, so that's what we're working on now. She's doing it in one way. I'm doing it in another way. We're not really connected, but I think it's interesting that it's sort of evolved around the same time. Yeah. Well, let's take a pause with that. Sure. Uh, and I'd like to greet our listeners wherever you are today, folks. Uh, you might be in your car at home, whatever, listening to the live show or the recording here on KOPN. Uh, dot org. We stream, so you may be streaming with us. Uh, you may have it tuned in to your 89.5 FM, or we have podcasts of shows that uh, go back uh, t through the four years that I've been doing this, and you may have be catching us four years from now. Who knows? <laughs> so, uh, greetings. We're glad you're with us, and we appreciate your support for KOPN Community Radio. Uh, and Again, I'll mention that we're almost 50 years old. Uh, 1973 is when New Wave Corporation uh, got things set up and had our first uh, on-air show. And uh, recently, you might remember that uh, uh, Lee Ruth was on, uh, who had a show on that very first week, <laughs> has ever since then. So uh, this is a, a continuing uh, live organic uh, living kind of thing so we appreciate your helping us stay alive the way you have been my guest today is elizabeth austin from ashland oregon uh, that's her home base for the last 24 years uh, close and uh, she is the founder and uh, promoter director uh, of the dramanon project if you haven't heard the word dramanon, you probably have heard the word labyrinth, and sometimes in a spooky way, but uh, other times maybe you've heard it in a very spiritual, creative, uh, meditative way, and that's the one we're talking about today, is the uh, meditative dramanon. So would you just bring us back, you had just mentioned another person just before we took a little break, would you bring her back into your conversation again and, and just remind us who that was and how the parallels were taking place and then we'll step on from there. Sure. The other person's name is Chris Katzenmeyer and she 
is actually deeply involved in a research project having to do with the use of the labyrinth as a tool to elevate the planetary energy, if you will. Okay. It depends on how you look at it, I guess. Anyway, the idea last year was the first year that she did this uh, research project, and she invited people all over the planet to walk at a certain time on a certain day with an intention, and the intention was created by the research directors, and people were invited to hold that intention while they walked the labyrinth at this certain time on a certain day, and then they received a little form to fill out about their experience and that then they submitted the form which was taken into Baylor University and all the all the uh, things that happened with a computer and they printed out the results and that uh, was quite an interesting thing to do first time ever and so they've refined the whole process and are doing it again this year it the day that they chose last year was the world labyrinth day which has been an observance every year for a number of years on the first saturday of may hmm. now this year that would be may 7th and they chose a theme in which everybody in the world at one o'clock in their time zone would walk the labyrinth one o'clock in the afternoon in your time zone which means of course you're not all work, walking at the very same time except it is a time zone time mm -hmm. and so that has been uh, an event that happens every year but last year it was different because of the addition of the research project and this year it is also different because it's also a refined project research project in that um, people will walk with a certain intention according to whether they're what they're most interested in whether it might be strengthening connections or environmental justice or social justice mm. that kind of thing you, you choose the area that you're personally interested in mm -hmm. and then receive a communication with a, an email that will have the intention to just read it and hold it in your heart in a meditative way as you walk the labyrinth at one o'clock on may the 7th wherever you are and then receive a form to fill out and so it'll be interesting to mm -hmm. to get that results back and and discover what what is the power of this ancient symbol mm -hmm. because it has captivated humanity for so long mm -hmm. um, some people describe it as a divine imprint meaning that it descended into the human soul mm -hmm. in some fashion that we aren't we don't know about um, and I kind of agree with that, that it, these things, these things happen through some direction. So is there a link that people would go to to sign up for that one there hour? There is. Would, would you share that if you have it? I don't have it with me, but oh, okay. I'll get it for you to use okay. <laughs> to into this, because that's really a, an important thing, and I, I should have it with me, but I don't. Okay, and if people wanted to Google and sort of search for it, they would look for? You could work, look for World Labyrinth Day. Okay. Okay, that'll be one thing to look for. Mm -hmm. uh, and in that, you will find the big connection, which is what this research project is doing, the big connection to number two. And then another word is Legacy Labyrinth. Ah. 
Very good. So any one of those three terms mm -hmm. would probably get you to where you're looking. And Perfect. I will also send you that information. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, uh, as you were giving the early um, parts of the labyrinth's uh, development, you mentioned it goes back maybe 2,000 years B.C., as we say, BCE, whichever mm -hmm. is appropriate these days. Mm -hmm. uh, when Marcia, my wife and I were in England, we went to Tintagel. Mm -hmm. And from Tintagel, we walked along the coast path to Rocky Valley. Mm -hmm. And when we went up Rocky Valley to St. Nectan's Glen and Falls, mm -hmm. but on the way, there was a little old mill that had been shut down of course and over on a stone wall mm -hmm. was a labyrinth now not the 11 circuit mm -hmm. one but one that had had the elements mm -hmm. of what a labyrinth does mm -hmm. and uh, it turns out that there's a little plaque next to it that they believe that it goes back to 2000 mm -hmm. BCE. Mm -hmm. And then we got up to the pottery shop and there was a St. Nectan's pottery shop. And they had little of all kinds of pottery that had that labyrinth embedded in the pottery works. And I bought a little cup. And so I have a little, uh, up that has the 2000 year old image of a labyrinth that evidently right. then evolved mm -hmm. into this uh, a magnificent 11 circuit you described uh, um, labyrinth that might be more familiar to people's mm -hmm. eyes uh, mm -hmm. yeah yes. oh, just wanted it would that be the the same historical yeah, yeah. that that's what it that's what it is yeah yeah and, good and you mentioned the different design a lot of people confuse a labyrinth and a maze. Mm -hmm. A maze, you know, like at Halloween, you have these Halloween mazes. People get in, they get lost, and it's all spooky and fun. Mm -hmm. The difference between a labyrinth and a maze is that in a maze, you go, you hit dead ends all the time. You're all, you take a path, and you hit a dead end. With a labyrinth, there are no dead ends. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> you start a path, and if you manage to stay on the path you will arrive at the center, mm -hmm. okay? And the center, to me, this is what makes it so wonderful as a tool for meditation, for soul growth, for um, transformation, is in the center, there are six petals like a flower, mm -hmm. petals of a flower. And the first petal, well, the petals you can just, you can designate them as you wish. And in my practice, when I'm leading a walk or anything like that, I like to have symbols in each petal, a symbol for each realm of creation. So mm. that the first petal represents the plants of the world. Actually, the first one, I usually actually have a mineral in there because the minerals are the foundation. So I'll have a crystal or something. And the second one will be a plant. 
for the the vegetables of the world, all the plant materials from trees to uh, little tiny things. Mm -hmm. Then the third realm would be animals. Mm -hmm. And the fourth would be human beings. The fifth would be angels and saints. In other words, the unseen realms of creation. And the sixth petal would represent the unknown, which I refer to as the divine unknown, the plan that is unfolding, that we are a part of. Mm -hmm. So that there's the opportunity to pause in the center and just reflect on all creation and what it is now, what it has been, what it will be. And I have also, because it's very important to remember the children's fire, which is an, a, a kind of an American Indian tradition, the children's fire must be protected for the future. So in uh, the Dramanon project, we honor those six petals. And then in the center, we also remember the children's fire that we must protect the children and their lives. So in the center, you receive all this, you're, you're honoring all these elements of creation and receiving answers to your prayers sometimes or, or images, thoughts, inspirations in the center. And then with all of that, you retrace, retrace your steps exactly the same way you came in as the way you go out. And um, there, there are lots of ways to handle a meditation in this, in this way. Um, and we can talk about those particular steps. I kind of raced ahead to the center because that is such a beautiful experience to remember. This is what it's all about. We're here for some reason, and it usually has to do with one of these six realms of creation, plus the children's fire, that mm -hmm. ongoing tradition, mm -hmm. spirit. Similar to seven generations <laughs> into the future that sometimes we hear about and mm -hmm. talk about. Yeah. Sure. Mm -hmm. it, it's also uh, interesting to me that in, in the image, it's like there's four quadrants mm -hmm. or for directions or mm -hmm. north, south, east, and west, or the seasons, or, mm -hmm. you know, there are so many universal symbols that combine into this particular uh, pattern that you see. Yes, it is. And it, it just, I really get enchanted by thinking about through the years, through the hundreds of years that this pattern evolved into what it is. Mm -hmm. What were they thinking? How did this happen? You know, and there it is. And then there are various, even with this particular circular pattern that's in the cathedral at Chartres, there are several other cathedrals with a similar design, but not exactly. Some of them have square edges. Oh. Some of them, yeah, they have square edges, which is a strange thing to think about when you've seen the circular one. Um, and they're just different applications of the same principle. How did that happen? It's a mystery. Mm -hmm. It's really an exciting mystery to think about. Well, as you're talking about universal images and patterns, I'm just curious, did you ever have the opportunity to talk to Angelese Arian about the labyrinth no. or the, the drama? No. no, but I've talked to people who did talk to her. Okay. <laughs> Uh, because she was so into the universal images, the five in particular, yeah, and uh, right. mm -hmm. what did you hear? Did you, you recall well, any? Is, is She's just another wonderful spirit in the whole world. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
of you know evolution and um, becoming greater than than we think we can be, mm -hmm. becoming all we can be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was fortunate enough to you know be in her presence there at uh, either so probably social artistry uh, in, you. in Ashland a couple of times and uh, for you. Yeah, got a couple of her books and yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, so um, you're doing something every quarter there's something happening that there is something happening <laughs> there's something there happening here and <laughs> yes yes it, the first happening was october the 9th 2020 which was the first meeting of the dramanon project as an official launch of the project mm -hmm. and it is a lovely group of people who come together and, and right now our schedule is quarterly and we had our first meeting of the spring quarter of 2022 just this past Friday. And we have created a way to be together that has enhanced our lives and improved the community itself. Uh, because, because of the pandemic, we're not limited in geography anymore, mm -hmm. right. which is pretty amazing. I'm talking to you, you're in Missouri, I'm in Oregon. And um, on Friday, we had people in New York, California, uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, Alabama, had people all over the country uh, tuned in at the same time. And um, we were able to be together in a in a very coherent way. The, um, the idea of the whole thing is to increase personal coherence or balance and expand that beyond the individual into everyone we're connected with mm -hmm. and onto the world. Mm -hmm. Now, today at noon, my time, I tuned into the Global Coherence Pulse, which you may be familiar with. I'm not. It, it's a, a project of several organizations, including HeartMath, which you may have heard yes. of. Mm -hmm. It'd be something everybody should know about because with our heart, just the heart that pounds in our body our entire life, by breathing into the heart and out of the heart, in and out, with consciousness and awareness and gratitude, we can change how we feel. We can change how people around us feel. We can make a difference. Now that's powerful and that's really important. And it might f sound strange until you do it. Mm -hmm. And it's so simple and that we have this in ourselves that if we use it, we can make mm -hmm. a difference. So that's mm -hmm. one, at the beginning of our meeting, we always have an energy process, which mm -hmm. kind of clears the, the body of difficult energies and mm -hmm. gets us ready. And then we have the uh, heart coherence that we also do. So that sets it up so that we, we really, we are together in a different way than we would be otherwise. That mm -hmm. I, can, I can say without, without doubt it's right. really quite excellent so we mm -hmm. we have we have a community of uh, it's a smallish community 40 to 50 usually and we um, have observed the balance that has happened the coherent community that has formed mm -hmm. through this meeting periodically and this is on zoom that you're 
together. Is that correct? On Zoom, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not it's a like physical it, gathering, right? Yeah. No, it's on Zoom because mm-hmm. um, we had. That's the only way you could do it in 2020. Mm-hmm, right. And it it works, and so we're continuing to do it. And the because it is Zoom, of course, you can't go out and walk a labyrinth because most labyrinths are on the ground outside. And you walk it. Sure. We do it with our fingers. So, and it's amazing. I was a bit curious when I started this. Of, well, would that work? Mm-hmm. Would that really work? And it really does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. okay. It, it is as effective to walk with your fingers on on a handheld labyrinth as it is to walk with your feet on one on the ground. Well, you yourself to ease boot. <laughs> interrupted you. Let's come back to that in right. just another minute of uh, greeting folks uh, that are listening in today on KOPN, your community radio station out of Columbia, Missouri, uh, 89.5 FM. If you're actually listening to your tuner or if you're streaming uh, on the web, it's uh, KOPN.org. And uh, we're about to celebrate our 50th anniversary and guess where we're going to be celebrating? It's going to be in our new building that uh, we're in the process of moving into right now. Uh, by the way, also in the process of paying off. So if uh, you have something that you might want to share in that direction, uh, don't hesitate to go to the website kopn.org and uh, look for donate. Uh, the capital campaign is done great work to get us way over uh, way over half two-thirds almost three-fourths of uh, of our goal and uh, we, we want to get to that home stretch uh, before the new year so uh, do what you can and to help us celebrate 50 years of community radio uh, music of the world uh, diverse talk uh, all and, and You can listen to things that are coming in from uh, Democracy Now! or or Fresh Air or different places that uh, are syndicated around the country. But the majority of our programming is homegrown right here with uh, talk shows like this or music shows. I was listening to the uh, Hispanic show for a couple hours this morning. Just music that you wouldn't hear some other places. Uh, So... uh, Thanks for joining us today. This is Glocal News in Social Artistry, uh, which combines the local and global. And uh, Elizabeth Austin, our guest, is, is such a, uh, a master of this because here's a, a global, in a sense, phenomenon of the labyrinth or dramanon, and yet it's now local in so many places, right here in Columbia, Missouri as well. So. Welcome back, uh, Elizabeth Austin. You were just saying how uh, in this Dramanon project, and by the way, would people just go to dramanonproject.org to access Dramanonproject.com is the website. Oh, okay. And if they do, they're going to be able to sign up for uh, participation in a Zoom group. Is that kind of what... On, on the website, there's information about the background of what is a Dramanon and how it came to be, mm-hmm. as well as the schedule for the year. 
And the spring quarter has begun. There'll be three more meetings this quarter, and then there will be a summer quarter. So all those dates are included on the website, and there's a way to sign up for more information mm-hmm. for those who are interested. And this is a, a once a month uh, on Zoom? It, we meet roughly? every two weeks. We meet every two weeks. Oh, every two weeks. Okay, great, great. And it's a two-hour meeting, and we have... We have a variety of things that happen and, and outstanding teachers include Peggy Rubin, who has written books about and studied joy, the, the Upanishads joy. And uh, so that is our, actually our framework uh, for the project mm-hmm. is honoring creation and joy. Mm-hmm. And then Jean Houston is also a presenter each session. So mm. Peggy presents uh, her teaching, and then Jean also presents a teaching. And then we have the on the handheld Dramanon walk using finger labyrinths, mm-hmm. and then discussion of the experience. It's an inner what we call it. The Dramanon project is inner pilgrimages for modern times. Ah, so that's gives you a hint as to what we're about Mm -hmm. each session is actually focused on the experience of the dramanon walk itself the inner Mm -hmm. pilgrimage and time to reflect upon it and to glean harvest the riches of an inner pilgrimage Mm -hmm. and you had mentioned earlier that the word dramanon is like a greek or comes from the greek and means path path or road or road um (laughs) and uh I think it might be worth folks just hearing that there was that story written by whom? Gerald Hurd, H-E-A-R-D. Okay. And it's a short story that he wrote in mm-hmm. the 60s, late 50s or 60s, early 60s, mm-hmm. called Dramanon. Mm-hmm. And it's a mysterious, strange story. It's kind of hard to find, but you, around there are little book, books you can get that include that story. And... Um, it's interesting. Do you know if anybody's been able to make a PDF of that story? Oh, I have. <laughs> I happen to have a PDF. Is it is it legal that you have a link to that on the Dramanon Project page? You know, I don't have a link on the page. I need to investigate that because I would not want to violate any copyright sure. privileges. But that could be. Thank you for that. I'll see yeah. about about getting that. I I think. As far as I know, the book, the story and the book it's in are out of print. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the, but if that's possible, that's a great idea. Thank you, Dick. Yeah, <laughs> I, w- I was going to go look it up myself, but uh, if it's already, you know, kind of in the yeah, can, exactly. so to speak, yeah, it'd be great. Exactly. Yeah, great. Okay. I'll write that down. I'll, I'll see about doing that very thing. So, um, it sounds just a little bit, if, if we can give homage to our teachers, uh, that Gene uh, had Gene Houston uh, had taught around the world, uh, had done the the cities of the U.S. Uh, with her projects and the, and the uh, uh, possible human and the possible city and and I don't know, she was she's big on possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> Unlimited. uh, Yes. (laughs) Much more. And uh, and so through mystery school and you met her in the through the East Coast. Well, you met her in Memphis. Right. She came to Memphis. (laughs) 
and which was interesting. I think you said you hosted some kind of a little dinner party or breakfast. Oh, or... Was fun. It was, as I had mentioned, when I was in Memphis, I had I was going through major life changes that everything shifted. And no, nobody else goes through those at age 40, do they? <laughs> I know, I know. It, all, the, all the big things happen at times of crisis. At any rate, I had just called out for help because I needed I needed some things, mm -hmm, <laughs> and mm -hmm. one that I, one thing I needed was uh, to be interested in something again. Mm -hmm. And um, so the next day or two, here comes this brochure across my desk at work at the River School uh, about a workshop that was going to happen in the fall by Jean Houston. I had never heard of her, but I read this brochure and it was really fascinating. And I thought maybe that's who I need as a role model because I was working as a woman in a male field. Mm. The maritime industry was 99% men. And, um, and I was unsure of myself. Mm -hmm. um, my husband and I had divorced and I was on my own with this school mm. in Memphis, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, maybe I could benefit by knowing somebody who travels the world and does these things. So how do I get to meet her? That was my question. <laughs> you know, there are going to be a lot of people at this workshop. How am I going to meet her and make a connection with her? And at the time, I happened to have a new membership in the Petroleum Club. <laughs> I don't know if I would be proud of that today. Yeah. But it was a big <laughs> building on the Mississippi River with a penthouse restaurant. And so I called the woman who was producing this workshop and said, say, could we have some kind of luncheon or something? I had been wanting to do that, but I've been so busy with this other stuff that I haven't been able to plan it. Yes, she said. <laughs> and so uh, what I thought I was going to do was be invite Jean and maybe one or two or three others to lunch wound up being like a 40 person <laughs> banquet <laughs> on, the, on the top floor of the patrolling club overlooking the Mississippi River. Oh. Oh, she may remember me if I do that. <laughs> And it was really lovely. It was a beautiful event. And she just blew me away. And I thought, yeah, and she became, when I would have times that I would wonder, what do I do now? I would sometimes just, well, what did Jean Houston do? <laughs> and it would just, it, it might not get an idea necessarily, but it would at least give me a little more uh, space in my lungs to breathe in and figure out what to do next. So and, that and was a lovely thing. Uh, as you wrote the story that I read, uh, Jean was sitting on one side of you and Peggy oh, yeah. Rubin was on the other side. That's right. You were... I was so clever to see, see Jean on my right. I didn't know who Peggy was until I didn't know there was a Peggy, uh -huh. but there was Jean on my right. Of course, she chose to speak with an anthropologist on her other side, mm -hmm. but Peggy was on my left side mm -hmm. and we talked and it created a, well, they both have become very dear friends. Oh, oh, that was in 19, what, 80, 89, I guess, was when that happened. And, yeah. and through the years, we have become very dear friends. And I'm so grateful to both of them for for themselves and the life they live and the example they bring to the world. And they're so generous mm -hmm. to share their giftedness with people. So it's been it's been wonderful. I'm going to take a liberty here and insert some of the writing of Peggy Rubin herself uh, from her website, PeggyRubin.com. And the title of uh, this particular 
set of reflections is called Led by the Labyrinth. And it was written up December 21st, uh, 2016. And uh, I'll just paraphrase a little of it and then do some actual quotes. It starts uh, 30 years before, and that would be January 10th, 1987. And it takes place uh, at a field house or that's a huge gymnasium, on the grounds of the Greenkill Conference Center in upstate New York, where on that day the snow is several feet deep. Uh, this happens to be a place where Gene Houston and Robert Masters are offering the initial session of a two-week residence as part of a three-year training program in human capacities. And uh, several uh, people were there working with her, including Robin Van Doren, uh, Betty Rothenberger, and others. And soon there would be a group of a uh, hundred or so students. And as we've already heard, the labyrinth is uh, a symbol of Gene's work uh, for quite a few years. And uh, we heard about uh, Gerald Hurd's story uh, called Dramanon. So here, one of the people, Robin Van Doren, has a vision. And it's a vision uh, of a dramanon being laid out in the snow in the field at Greenkill. Well, lo and behold, with a uh, ragtag team of uh, people that are mysteriously selected or collected, uh, the layout of the dramanon is uh, accomplished and uh, a team packs it down and the hundred or so students get to participate out in the snow. And when you read this account uh, at Peggy's website, you'll get to actually see some of the people that were there uh, give comments at the bottom of the story. It's a fascinating story. Uh, but part of what I, I wanted to get to was her account, uh, which she calls Scene 5, which happens December 21st, 2016. Quote, with friends walking the labyrinth outside Trinity Episcopal Church in downtown Ashland, Oregon, one of several here, placed there by another for whom the pattern came as a gift of grace, power, and passion, I am anticipating the New Year's Eve ceremonial walk guided by Elizabeth Austin for the 18th year, another mystery school veteran who participated in Lauren Artress's course and brought the labyrinth to this town. And you recall Elizabeth mentioning Lauren Artress. Uh, one other little piece here is uh, a comment about the Dalai Lama. The Dalai Lama teaches that all our angers and hatred come from fear. On this labyrinth walk at the turning of the year, I can lean into my fear, work my own shadow hatreds and angers, and pray for others also caught in these debilitating snares. Well, you followed Jean to mystery school or went to her mystery school up in, in uh, New York. The Green Kill YMCA yeah. in Fort Jervis, I believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you mentioned that earlier. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then all of a sudden, uh, Jean 
moves to the West Coast, to Ashland, Oregon, and uh, starts a, uh, another mystery school, but does both of them it, right. through that the years. That was pretty amazing, wasn't it? Yeah. It was and, brave. <laughs> and you decided to move to Ashland, Oregon. Well, I moved to Ashland before she did. Oh, you did? I Well, there. I didn't That's know great. that. Okay. Yes, yes. I thought yeah. 1998 was a little early for her, but I, you know, I, mean, I didn't. She moved really. here in 2000 and 2001, I believe. It's either, mm -hmm. either the summer of 2000 or 2001. And mm -hmm. she started the West Coast Mystery School mm -hmm. in 2001, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, I met her in the summer of 2001 at a national wellness conference mm -hmm. and then started mystery school in the fall of that year and wasn't that a good plan of yours to start <laughs> mystery school <laughs> it was good but, well and i will remember you because you sang that hallelujah oh right right that, that was such a wonderful treat <laughs> well and it's such a magical experience of flying in an airplane and and my daughter had just introduced me to the song really in a new way and yeah and this well, kind of a kind of like your six petals of the center there it sort of took uh, a journey of five steps because there's five verses and, and it started with the beginning of creation and and the angels and uh, so yeah thank you so much i i wanted to also mention that uh around 1981 Mm -hmm. I'm in Missouri. I'm uh, kind of doing a business with a friend of mine uh, called Value Life Associates. And we were part of the uh, ASTD, American Society for Training and Development. Mm -hmm. And we're, I'm on a committee to try to plan a, a, a conference. And we needed a keynote speaker. And uh, some guy brought uh, cassette tapes of a keynote speaker that he thought might be good and gave each of us a copy of a cassette tape. Well, I, I was also heavily invested in a, as a volunteer minister in a church school group and I, I didn't have time to even listen to the tape. Uh, but you know whose name was on the tape? Gene Houston. <laughs> I kept the tape. <laughs> And 20 years later, I listened to it for the first time. And that was... Isn't that amazing? That was the spring of 2001. And then you signed up. <laughs> and then I went to that wellness conference and, it, as they say, the rest is history. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how things come together? It, it is. And, and, you know, I didn't know in 81 uh, that I was, in a sense, searching, but... When I look back at that time, it was, it was a bit of a tumultuous mm -hmm. uh, time in my life, and uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, how, how, how interesting that we've woven our lives uh, or it been woven true. this way. It is, and it's exciting and and hopeful and energizing, mm -hmm. inspiring. Yeah, mm -hmm. I've just picked. I, I got this little book. A friend gave me this little book for my birthday the other day. Mm -hmm. and it, oh and yes, it, I forgot to wish you happy birthday. I thought I'd just bring that up. Uh -huh. I never figured I would make it this far, <laughs> but I did for some reason. Shall but we this, tell? Shall we tell them it's the big? Oh, it's the eighty. Eight zero. Yes. Eight zero. Yeah. Are you there yet, Dick? Uh, no, I have. To, I'm going to be seventy eight this fall. 
Okay, cool. Right Congratulations. I, I, Peggy Dean gave me this little book and I've been reading it and I have it open right now to what I think is really important. Well, one of the things is it's a book of quotes and aphorisms of mm -hmm. inspiring. This is from Pierre Teilhard de Chardin. Oh, we know about him. We know now. him. <laughs> Our duty as men and women is to proceed as it as if limits to our ability did not exist. We are collaborators in creation. Mm -hmm. And right now that that we are collaborators in creation really strikes me poignantly because every day I am reminded that when we create something, we are replicating the original act of creation however we see that, whether we're talking about creation of the world, whether it was God breathed out or said, let there be, or however creation happened, every time we create something, we're replicating that action. Mm -hmm. I think our hearts are tuned in to want to do that. So that creation is important. That's why those petals are populated with the realms of creation for my, my projects. Um, mm -hmm. It's why I think it's what inspires us to continue, even when the going is hard. And it is really hard right now. Hmm. It may be the most difficult times, but we can create mm -hmm. and we can continue. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if it was a mystery school or social artistry or some other way, but the phrase co-creators of the future mm -hmm came into my being mm -hmm. uh, probably 20 years ago, mm -hmm. not more. Mm -hmm. And uh, that phrase has been given out uh, along with another phrase, if it is to be, it is up to us. Mm -hmm. and, and this whole idea that even though we say we're creating something, we really don't create anything by ourselves. Absolutely. <laughs> so in a sense, everything we do is is in a co-creative way, which I think adds to the humility of life and the joy of life that um, we can't help but be co-collaborators because, you know, where did our thoughts come from? Where did our language, where did our experiences, it all came because of relationships. Indeed, indeed. And and I think your your dramanon, your your labyrinth is celebrating those relationships. Those six petals is we relate to minerals. My wife is just into geology gangbusters now. Just we got rocks all over the house. We, <laughs> yes. Yes. we just went to Death Valley just to look at rocks and things. So, so there's the minerals and, and the animals of course and, and all the things that you mentioned um, are co-collaborating with us one of the one of the points about that that is particularly uh, important to me is that this ancient symbol that goes way back to 2000 bce or before we don't really know when it began mm -hmm. and has come forward through to now in this beautifully of course 1200 uh, in the common era is not exactly now it's way back there mm -hmm. but 
it evolved in that primitive design into that very beautiful, precise design in the medieval times and onto the present time, and we're carrying it on into the future. Mm -hmm. So we're connecting way back onto now, onto the future, which to me suddenly has become important um, mm -hmm. to really connect with our, our roots, our history in a way that's meaningful and improve it as much as we can, if we can, at least protect it and keep it mm -hmm. in, in integrity and hand it off to the next mm -hmm. go around. So it feels right to be doing this. It feels good. It does. It does indeed. Yeah. I yeah. thank you. And uh, I thank you. I think our listening audience has something possibly new to uh, mull over and maybe do a little research uh, on the web of the dramanonproject.com. Uh, find out about this uh, work that's going on out of Ashland, Oregon, but it's actually a universal work that's going on. Indeed it is. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, Elizabeth Austin, I, I think our time is about up. It's so, been wonderful. Thank you. It, it has been great. Um, there's just three little phrases that what you just said a minute ago go through my mind. Uh, in gratitude for the past, in service to the present, and in responsibility for the future, that seems to be what you're doing with bringing the past, bringing it into the present so that the future will have all this richness to... Uh, to benefit from. You said that very well, Dick. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you once again. Elizabeth Austin, Elizabeth Austin out of uh, Ashland, Oregon. And friends, uh, remember, wherever you are, that is your world. Uh, please leave your world cleaner, more peaceful, and more loving than you found it, because if it is to be, it is up to us. Take care and talk to you soon.